This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for November 25th, 2012. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. The message is by Father Ron Baird. As you can see, I'm losing my voice, <clears throat> so uh, the sermon's going to be short. You can applaud now. <laughs> uh, Today is the Feast of Christ the King, and Christ the King is actually the newest feast day of the church. You may not have known that, but it actually came into being in 1925 um, when Pope Pius XII um, declared the last Sunday in October as the Feast of Christ the King. And the reason that he did that was because this was the time of the rise of nationalism, when you had Franco in Spain and uh, Mussolini in Italy and Hitler in Germany and all those sorts of things were starting to come to fruition with the Nazis and he wanted people to um, not focus so much on nationalism as the commonality of all of us who have one Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I don't think it worked too well <laughs> at the beginning anyway. I'm not sure it's worked real well yet but it's a worthy goal. Um, and uh, in 1960, uh, Pope John XXIII um, actually moved the feast to the last Sunday of the Christian year, um, which is where we celebrate it now. And with the liturgical revisions that went on uh, in Rome with Vatican II, but then in the Protestant churches as well, it was picked up by the Anglicans and the Lutherans and the Presbyterians and, and a number of us where we um, saw the importance of remembering a, a day when we could remember that Jesus is Lord. And so the, the focal point of, of this Sunday is to ask ourselves, in what sense is Jesus our Lord? What does it mean to have Jesus as Lord? Most of us want to have Jesus as Savior. We like that idea. You know, everybody likes to be saved from problems and things. But what does it mean to have him as Lord, particularly in a country that doesn't really do kings you know, very well? And so... We have to ask ourselves, then, what does it mean to have a Lord? Well, in reality, we have an experience of it. All of us have a Lord. Some of us have several Lords. You know, people who have control over our lives. For a lot of people, it's their boss. You know, if they tell you what to do, you have to do it because you need your job. You don't have much choice. For some people, it's their spouse. For some people, it's their kids or grandkids. I mean, it could be lots of different things. For some people, it's financial security. Some people have themselves as Lord. You know, they, they're the ones who, it's my life, I'll decide what I'm going to do. But everybody has a Lord, something that drives your life that you believe is the measurement of what ought to be done, what the right thing to do is. And all too often, that, that Lord is not Jesus, is not God. It's like Bob Dylan said in that song, you got to serve somebody. He says, you got to serve somebody. It might just be the devil. It might just be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. And so we have to ask ourselves, who is our Lord? And what difference would it really make if we chose Jesus as Lord? How would that change our lives? Well, first of all, we would stop being what, what one preacher has called being a fan of Jesus. You know, if Jesus had a Facebook page, he'd get a lot of likes. But how many people are really willing to listen? 
And, and that's really what today's gospel is about. When he was being tried before Pilate, and Pilate said, so you say you're a king? And Jesus say, you say that I'm a king. But it was for this that I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Anyone who knows the truth listens to my voice. That's the key to making Jesus Lord, is to listen to his voice. And what does that mean then? Well, you know, there's that difference in what listening means. You know, we can say that the Greek word could be translated as hear, or it could be translated as listen, it could be translated in in several different ways. But have you ever said to somebody, um, do you hear what I'm saying to you? And then they say, yeah, I heard what you said, but are you listening to me? Would you know what the difference was between hearing and listening? You know, it really involves, involves understanding and acceptance, you know, comprehending what it means. And that's the kind of thing that Jesus is really talking about when he says, those who seek the truth listen to my voice, is that we not only hear Jesus, but we listen to him. We understand him. He is the one who tells us where to go and what to do. Now, Jesus does this not because he's on some power trip and wants to be the big shot, because even he said that while he was on earth, that he did nothing but what the Father gave him to do, and he said nothing but what the Father gave him to say. That's the example that he tries to set for us, is to do nothing but what he gives us to do, and to say nothing but what he gives us to say. Imagine what it would be like if the world was actually like that. It would be a lot more peaceful, wouldn't it? You know, but instead we live in a world where truth has become relevant. As a matter of fact, there's a whole industry uh, that has been sprung up that is worth billions of dollars based on, you know, helping people to understand what truth ought to be. They call it advertising. It's true. It's what they do. They, They try to influence your perception of reality so that you will believe that they are the best at whatever. That's why they do advertising, is to convince them. Now, what a duck has to do with insurance, I've yet to figure out. But that's one famous duck, isn't it? Now, why in the world would we be thinking, gee, if you have the Aflac duck on your side, then you're in better shape. I mean, if you think about it just on the surface of things, it makes no sense whatsoever. But the commercials inundate us, and they work. A lot of people have gotten, you know, Aflac as a result. Uh, The gecko is another one. You know, we are influenced about what reality is based on what we are being told reality is. And the sad part about all that is that any kind of reality that you're being told in this world is not true. It may have elements of truth in it, but it's at best an illusion. It's at best a perception or a perspective on truth because there is only one real truth. There is only one reality, and that is God. God's reality is what's really real. Everybody else just has an opinion. You know, that's one of the things that's driving me crazy these days is we have this thing where, well, you know, everybody has their own truth. That's your truth. I have my truth. To which I always want to say, no, actually, none of those are true. 
I mean, they're all perceptions, they're all opinions, but they're not truth. Only God has truth. And so to follow Jesus as Lord, to make him our king, is to seek after what is really real. It is to see the world not the way we want to see it, or the way we've been told we should see it, or the way we've been influenced about things, but to see them through the lenses of God, to see them through his eyes, to see people the way that he sees them. Imagine what a political advertising would be like if all you could do is advertise it the way God sees it. It, Well, maybe. We may not like what we see for any of the parties. (laughs) We may go, gee, I don't know why we want to like them. Or we may think, oh, they're not that bad. They're really pretty good people. But instead, what we get are perceptions. You know, and they do what advertising agencies do. They, They poll to find out what will work, what will influence people. And we have to take some responsibility for this because we have allowed it, because we've stopped following the Lord and start allowing the marketplace or the marketplace of ideas to tell us what is real and what is true. Even if it's really crazy stuff, You know, even if it's the most wild conspiracies out there, you can find people who believe it. Because we no longer listen to the Lord. We listen to whatever sources we happen to want to prefer. And we end up serving them. But there's a problem with doing that with any earthly kind of of Lord. And that's that at best it will be fallen and broken and will be less than complete. And when we do that, when we follow something that is not whole or perfect or good, then ultimately it will lead to our demise. Because anything that is less than perfect is sin. And we end up being led about by sin. So we have to choose. Who are we going to serve? Do we choose to serve the Lord, Jesus, or do we serve to choose the Lord, the world, in whatever form that comes for you? And it's a difficult choice. We've even gotten to the point to where people don't commonly believe that Jesus even speaks to people anymore. You know, we think that to follow Jesus is kind of a metaphor for reading his teachings and trying to emulate the life that he gave us. And we've forgotten that he's not dead And he's with us. He promised that he would be with us to the end of the age. That actually he still walks with people and talks with people. And he still wants to lead us. But we've gotten so far away by following other lords that we don't even know he has anything to say anymore. We don't believe that the purpose of our life is to live it out serving our master. You know, we don't tell our kids that anymore. That the real thing you should do in your life is to grow up and figure out what the Lord wants you to do, what Jesus wants you to do, and then do that. Because then it'll be good. Instead, we say, you got to find your way in life, be responsible, you know, you know, get a good job, get ahead in the world. But all of those things ultimately are vanity. They just fall apart. It's only 
when we put Jesus first and seek his kingdom first, that all those other things can be added in their proper perspective. It's not that Jesus doesn't want us to have prosperity. It's not that he doesn't want us to have relationships. It's not that he doesn't want us to have jobs. He wants us to have all of those things. But he wants us to have them in the right order. And the right order is Jesus, then those things that he gives us to do or to say or to be. And whenever we get out of order, we get in trouble. Have you all heard that metaphor about putting the cart before the horse? Have you ever thought about that literally? What happens if you put a cart in front of a horse? Is it going anywhere? Yeah, if you're lucky, you might get the horse to push the cart, but it still wouldn't work real well, would it? Because in the front of the cart, there's a, what do they call that thing along the bottom? The tongue? And it's going to go where? Into the ground. So you get nowhere. Well, that's what the world looks like, doesn't it? You know, that we keep trying things, but we seem to never get anywhere. We never seem to resolve the issues that are before us because we keep doing the same thing over and over. It's famous um, illustration of definition of mental illness is to keep trying the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Well, if you want to know who that is, look in a mirror because that's us. And the solution is not to somehow or other be better at it. The solution is to change the order of things and to listen first to Jesus Christ. To believe that he is alive today and that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that he does have a plan for our life. That, you know, he didn't wake up one day and go, how did that person get down there? I didn't put them down there. Where'd they come from? I mean, he wasn't surprised when you were born. He planned it all along. And when we begin to really believe that, not just acknowledge it, but believe it, trust in it, then what we realize is that he planned for me to be here. He knows why I am here. And if I will just listen to him and try to do those things that he gives me to do, then I will become who I am supposed to be. And my life will have meaning and purpose. And it may be with prosperity. It may be with struggles. But always it will be to the end that he has in mind, which is heaven. And so on this day, we choose to celebrate what it is that we are going to serve. And we can serve Jesus as Lord or we can serve the, the weekend shopping sale as Lord. Or we can serve something else altogether. But we will choose to serve something. And so as you go to work this week, as you encounter your friends and family, ask yourself in all the decisions that you make, even if it's a simple thing like what to have for dinner, by what standard am I choosing this? And have I bothered to even consult with the master? Because after all, if he doesn't know, who could I possibly trust? If God is not sovereign, if he is not really in charge, then everything that we believe, everything that we hope for, everything we dream for is ultimately in vain. Because all of it will go down to the dust. 
But if it's true, if it's true that he is the Lord, then everything we do, everything that we labor at, everything that we say, regardless of how difficult it may seem in the moment, we can be assured that it is all being built into the kingdom of God that will come in its fullness someday. That place where there will not be any more crying, where there will be no sorrow, where there will be no sin or grief, where there will be no death. There will be joy that is everlasting. And the only question for you and me is, which side do we serve? Amen. You were just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. St. Andrew's is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see.